Alexander. Shabbat for three. Bingo! Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. He is hard to believe. Here's Jordan. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Dime Dropper, episode 49 of our 24-minute recaps. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review if you'd like. Follow us on Spotify. And, of course, to follow us on all social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Dime Dropper Pod. So, for today's episode, we're going to talk briefly about... the Clipper game against the Wizards tonight. Clippers just coming off a W... We're going to talk about the Celtics and the Mavs, a really exciting game today on TNT. And then we're going to finish off talking about the reserves for the All-Star game that shouldn't be taking place, but it is anyway, that were announced today that I had some problems with. Also, I've been influenced enough by the production team to get on TikTok because apparently people are making a lot of money there. So, Dime Dropper is now on TikTok. It'll be an opportunity for me to post shorter clips, maybe just sometimes clips of the games I'm watching and a quicker way to interact and, you know, give you some quicker videos. Also, try to download the app Sports Me. I'm also on that where you can actually reply with a take of your own and a video of your own. So, get on both of those. I'm going to start posting shit. And once I do the evolution of basketball, I'll post stuff of older games I'm watching and all different kinds of stuff. So... I'm going to try to keep incorporating you guys and trying to get you guys involved in different sorts of content. But yeah, let's get to the game. The Clippers and the Wizards. The Clips obviously coming off a really disappointing game on Sunday against the Brooklyn Nets. The Wizards on a five-game winning streak coming off their game last night against the Lakers in which they had a huge comeback. And to start this game, we didn't have Lou Williams. He was resting. I don't have any problems with it because our team is stacked enough to that we can get the job done. And that's what it looked like to start the game. By the way, congratulations to Paul George, who was, it's his first all-star appearance as a member of my Clippers, which is all I care about. As I said, I don't care what he's done anywhere else. So congratulations. Well, well deserved. You know, I, I remember my first all-star in the Clippers was Elton, Elton Brand in 2006. And I remember watching him in the all-star game and that was special for me. And then we didn't have an all-star for a couple of years until we had Chris Kamen in 2010. That was a really good season for him in the all-star game in Dallas. And then B. Griff and CP for the rest of the way. And now Kawhi last year. And now Kawhi and Paul George. So I'm very appreciative to have some star players on my team. It's always a, a pleasure to have all-stars on your team. And you got to be thankful that they wanted to be here for the worst organization in the history of basketball. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, things are changing. And so let's get to the game now. So as I said, the beginning of the game, look, the Wizards were a little gassed. They couldn't make shots. Our defense was good. We were alert. You know, talking, Batum, Ibaka, Kawhi, Paul George, getting over screens. Patrick Beverly was guarding Beal to start the game. And I think we were just, you know, partially good defense, partially them missing. But I think that we really set the tone with how we came out offensively. And that was Paul George splashing threes like there was no tomorrow, just pulling in guys' faces, showing that he cannot be guarded. You know, Rui Hachimura did a good job on LeBron, but Paul George is a whole different sort of one-on-one kind of talent. He has the ability to hit shots over you with guys draped all over him. 
And I thought we were incorporating Kawhi in good ways in the mid-post area. You know, Kawhi was getting his twos. PG was getting his threes. And when PG's sitting like that, he's honestly our more deadly scorer. But Kawhi was getting in the mid-post, turnarounds over both shoulders. You know the deal. Being aggressive. You know, posting up Garrison Matthews. We were getting the matchups we wanted. We were moving the ball. We were moving without the ball. This was the Ty Lue sort of offense we've become accustomed to. And part of it's because the Wizards couldn't go switch everything. As I said, we struggle with switch everything teams. The Wizards weren't. They, you know, start with Mo Wagner, who I thought played his best, one of his better games. I thought he was really good protecting the rim. And I thought he was overall just, and he was better offensively tonight. I mean, 21 points. I think that was a season high to go along with seven rebounds and five assists. But ultimately, he's not a switch everything center. You know, he's a more of a true center. So when you put him in pick and rolls, you have to play them regularly. And that creates Paul George and Kawhi coming over screens, getting into their spots, and getting the ball moving in rotation. And I thought that Patrick Beverly was doing a really good job of not settling for just threes, even though he was hitting them. Pat Bev finishing the game. One of three from three, so not too great, but he had one play where he caught the ball, went off the dribble, and went and scored himself, and then there was another one where he dumped it down for an assist. It was an incredibly good first quarter for the Clips. Serge Ibaka was even hitting his you know, pick-and-pop 18-footers, and we were up 16 points after 136-20. The Wizards kind of did a great job of hanging around as the game went on. Westbrook was getting to the rack. Beal was getting his. You know how he scores. He finds a way to get his. Rui Hachimura, a little quieter from yesterday, didn't score as much. But they started hitting shots, the Wiz. And they scored 35 points in the second uh, quarter. We scored 36, however. But the third quarter was really where they started to come back. And I thought the Clippers were very complacent during that time. We started going a little cold. Reggie Jackson was BSing a bit. And I think it was just mainly we went a little cold. Started to lose focus uh, on uh, defense. You know, Davis Bertans was hitting some threes. Westbrook was taking, it to, taking us to the rim. And, you know, you got to give credit to the Wizards. They didn't want to give up. But in the fourth quarter, uh, by the way, Marcus Morris Sr., another fantastic lift off the bench, I thought. You know, even though he, was, he only shot 33%, he has the ability to score. And just his presence on the court was creating things for us because in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter, they started fronting the postman. So when we threw the ball over the top, they'd send a second defender over to try to double Morris and not let him turn. And we swung the ball and got really good looks, just like two Reggie Jackson corner threes, one of which was created from that very thing I'm talking about. Marcus Morris is fronted in the post. They bring another guy from the weak side. They double, he swings. And you know who was the real star of this game in the fourth quarter? T man, Terrence man, he continues to be the energizer bunny. He continues to look more confident offensively. You know, I saw some people on Twitter. I, I guess I said I saw someone on Twitter today who'll remain nameless, saying that we may not need or Terrence man may not get playoff minutes. Okay, I guess we just don't want hustle and defense. I guess that's not important to championships. You know, we just like offensive players that can't do a sh fucking other thing on the court as opposed to Terrence Mann who rebounds, who fights over screens, who knows when to rotate, who communicates on defense, who's getting more aggressive going to the basket, and who's hitting threes now. And he scored, I think, 10 points in the fourth quarter. There was that play I was talking about where Morris got doubled. He swung it. Terrence Mann... Uh, went to the basket, kicked it out. Reggie Jackson, I thought he was great overall. He was getting over screens on Beal and just guards in general. He wasn't just being a pushover on D. He had 17 points on 6 of 12 shooting, 3 of 5 from 3, knocked down his open threes. He had 17 points and 5 rebounds, plus 18 from the field. Kennard played today. 
He's still struggling to find that confidence. He wasn't bad in any way. He had a three in the end of the game in garbage time, though. Three points, but he was one of five. It's okay, though. It's not a big deal. Zubots, though. Huge difference maker today. You know, it started out with Marcus Morris finding him on a little lob. And once he saw that go in, he just kind of eased into the game. He was being good, Zoo. We got the good version of Zubots today. He was up on screens when he needed to be. He was contesting at the rim vertically when he needed to be. He was finishing around the rim. He was getting put-back jams. He even had a play where he got the ball in a four-on-three Draymond Green situation when they doubled Paul George at the top on pick-and-roll, and he made the right read. He found a bounce pass to Terrence Mann. And the highlight of the night, an absolute poster of Davis Bertans. Croatian kids, you better get that Ivica Zubac poster in your room. They're going to have that in theirs. I may have to get one from my room, man. Ivica Zubac baptizing Davis Bertans. We needed a nice Staples Center Clipper Nation crowd there for that one. But I thought Ivica Zubac was his best self tonight. 6 of 6, 12 and 12 in 27 minutes to go along with two blocks. And, you know, just a, a great night at the office. Kawhi Leonard, 32 points, 13 of 20, 52% in the field. If you, didn't, if you couldn't do the math quick enough, 3 of 7 from 3, 7 boards to go along with 4 assists and just 1 turnover to go along with decent defense. What an efficient night for the claw, 32 points. And then Paul George, 30 points, 11 of 17, 6 of 7 from 3. And there were even plays where you saw Paul George feeding it to Kawhi in the post. They're starting to get better playing together. And you know what that comes from? That comes from health. That comes from continuity. That comes from getting a rhythm and flow of games playing together so a good bounce back win for the clips i'm very happy with it brian said our next game is against memphis so that should be a win my least favorite team the memphis grizzlies clipper fans should know all too well if you've been a clipper fan for more than four years why that's the case but a good win for the boys in red white and blue we snapped the wizards Winning streak, they dropped to 11 and 18. Russell Westbrook, 20 points, 9 rebounds, 10 assists. I thought he was pretty solid, but I also I didn't watch the game from a Wizards-centric view. So, Wizards fans, you can let me know what you thought of his performance. He was 9 of 18, minus 26, which is the worst on his team. But once again, I don't think that fully deciphers anything. Bradley Beal, 28 points on 12 of 24 from the field to go along with 10 assists as well. He was making plays, but a good win for the Clips. They move on to 23 and 10. By the way, I thought Batum was better tonight as well with four points and just, you know, communicating, playing good D. And, you know, just he's a positive just because of his presence out there, Nick Batum. Let's move on to the Celtics and the Dallas Mavericks. A game on TNT. No Marcus Smart still, of course, for the Celtics. No Porzingis for the Dallas Mavericks. And Jason Tatum, another great first quarter for him as we saw. You no, know, He had a good first half against New Orleans. He was getting the ball. The ball in different kinds of ways. He was, you know, getting it in the post. He was getting it, you know, running pick and roll at the top, of course. He was getting it in the mid post. He was getting shots off the dribble in the mid range, step backs. And Kemba Walker started out fairly decently as well. But Luka Doncic, Luka Doncic in that pick and roll, he is a menace. He is tough to guard. The Celtics, when they start with Tristan Thompson and Daniel Tice like they did today, they don't have switching personnel, so they have to play pick and roll straight up. And with a guy like Luka Doncic, that can be very hard. He was finding shooters. But I, one thing I did like, I've been very critical of Luka Doncic about playing too much on ball. He did a little more off ball today. That doesn't mean he was actually moving without the ball. He was just standing on the wing. But he was making himself available for somebody like Josh Richardson or Jalen Brunson to find him spotting up. And that makes 
other guys get involved more, and that makes it tougher to defend when there's more unpredictability with different threats. This Mavericks team has talent. There's no reason why Luka needs to dominate the ball so much. But anyway, it was like the Celtics and the Mavs were just trading baskets the whole game. The defense actually was pretty good in the second and third quarters for either side. But, you know, the Time Lord, he only got 14 minutes tonight. I thought that wasn't enough. I think he's been the Celtics' best big, to be honest, in his minutes this whole season. Peyton Pritchard, 19 minutes. He was all right. Not too great. He just, you know, wasn't getting too much going for him offensively. It was just a starter's game for the most part. But, yeah, very neck-to-neck -neck the whole way. And then the fourth quarter was interesting. I thought that the Celtics were literally just going to blow the game. And it started reverting back to the same old thing we've talked about with the Celtics all season long. Just taking turns with high pick and roll. Little to no movement without the basketball. You know, and then they fizzle out. It's like they, they lose confidence. They're just in their own heads as the game goes on. And Tatum starts missing. And Jalen starts missing. And Kemba starts missing. And it's like you just kind of rely on if they're going to have good games to win every night and high pick and roll. And everyone kind of knows what they're doing now. They just kind of pack the paint. And sag off shooters because they don't have many shooters. You know, Marcus Smart isn't there. So you don't have shooters. You don't really have guys that can make make plays off the dribble off the catch. Ojale, he's pretty static. Naismith, he's still a rookie. Peyton is not your typical off-ball player yet. So they kind of just load up on Tatum and Jalen when they do high pick and rolls. And it forces them to make tougher shots than they were getting in the beginning of the season. And... When they have Thompson and Tice out there, the spacing isn't the same. So I thought Brad went with that lineup way too long tonight with Thompson and Tice. I really do. I think that it was just was making life tougher than it needed to be for the pick and roll guys because you're just going to take turns doing pick and roll. It, it doesn't matter if you have three good players as opposed to one superstar on the other team because there's only one ball. When they're not working in a, in a way that's effective and the defense doesn't have to worry about all of them at once. They have to worry about one at a time because they're very stagnant off the ball and they just run high pick and roll. They take turns so the defense can just settle in. So it's like, what's the difference between Jalen, Kemba, and Tatum going one-on-one -on -one the whole fourth quarter and then just Luka? If anything, it may be just better to have just Luka because it's one guy in rhythm. But... It came down to the last couple of possessions because the Celtics were down like 10 and they made a push. Looked like the Mavs were going to choke. Kemba was starting to get going towards the end of the game. Jalen Brown hit a go-ahead shot. But Luka Doncic, two huge threes, including a slight flashback type of situation to the glorified Summer League. A step-back three from the hash to end the game. Great defense by Tice on the three before that. Great defense by Luka. I'm sorry, Jalen, I believe, on the three. You know, here's the thing about Luka, guys. Luka is the type of player where you need to get separation from him and wear him down because he gets tired and fizzles out. But when it's a close game, when it comes to a dagger situation or a game-winning situation, there aren't many better players in the league than Luka. He has the knack for the big shot. And, you know, he's not the best shooter in the world. We know this. He's an overrated shooter. We talk about it on Dime Dropper. But he does have the ability to make tough shots. And he hit the big shot tonight. And that got the Mavericks to win. Another tough loss for the Celtics. Look, they need Marcus Smart back badly. But, again, I think it was poor, poorly coached from, from Brad. I think the, the players just getting into their own heads, I guess. Same thing. Same story. This team needs a trade. This team needs a shakeup. I'm not saying do anything drastic. But... It's just, it's just stale, and I don't see it getting much better. The Celtics now drop to below 500, even with two All-Stars. And I'm very happy with Jalen Brown. I said it in my preview, guys. You heard it. It wasn't a hard pick to make. Jalen Brown becoming an All-Star. But to be below 500 in the Eastern Conference, 
is not good enough. Tristan Thompson, I thought he was okay today. I just don't think he should have been on the court as much as he was. 8 points, 10 rebounds on 3 of 6 shooting. Tatum, 28 points, 6 boards, 4 assists, 10 of 23 from the field. 3 of 10 from 3, just a little too much in my opinion. Daniel Tice, not really much. 2 points, 1 of 4 in his 26 minutes. Kemba, 21 points, 8 of 19, 4 of 11 from 3, just a lot of 3s. They went into drop coverage and Kemba just took a lot of them and didn't go. Jalen Brown, 29 points, 12 of 20 from the field. 2 of 8 from 3. So the Celtics are just not shooting well enough from 3 lately. 12 of 39, 30.8%. And a lot of them aren't good looks either, if I'm being quite quite honest. Maybe they need to just stop settling for 3 so much. And I know they can make contested ones, those 3, but they got to start getting more into the mid-range area, I think. But whatever. The Celtics. Ooh, tough. Luka Doncic, player of the game. 31 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists, 3 turnovers. So he kept it somewhat at bay. 11 of 23, but the main stat is 6 of 8 from 3 for him. Jalen Brunson, huge game for him, especially in the fourth quarter. 22 points on 6 of 11 from the field and 5 of 7 from 3. I think he was the real key to get the win for the Mavs. So let's finish it out. We got 7 minutes left before we go to the live chat. Let's talk about the All-Stars. Western Conference, Anthony Davis. You know what? You could have gone either way with this. I still think that his impact is good enough for All-Stars, so... I don't really have a problem with it. Paul George, easy. Already talked about it. Well-deserved. Rudy Gobich, don't like him. Definitely deserved, though. Damian Lillard, no-brainer. Donovan Mitchell, no-brainer. And this is when it gets fishy. Zion and Chris Paul. Gentlemen, Dime Dropper fam, we've been doing the Suns as our Dime Dropper team all season long. I love Chris Paul. He's my favorite player to ever play basketball. Him and Magic. But Chris Paul has a little bit more of a connection to me since he's the guy that changed my franchise. The fact that Devin Booker didn't get selected is an absolute travesty. It's a wrong decision. Straight up wrong decision. We've been watching Devin Booker all season. And you know, in the beginning of the season, it was hard because he tried to sacrifice a bit to accommodate Chris Paul and, and, you know, not go, you know, he's dropped his scoring average. It's not because he's playing worse. It's because he's trying to accommodate a heavy on-ball player in Chris Paul, who's not as effective off the ball. Devin Booker is the man of this team. This team revolves around him. Chris Paul may be the leader. Hell, maybe he's the most valuable player, which honestly I doubt because everyone's saying, oh, like, look what the, because here's the thing. It's, it's a very, right now, it's a very reputation vote for Chris Paul. He's not been better than Booker this season. The only thing he's been better at is, you can maybe argue he's been better in the fourth quarter, and he's been better at passing the ball, which he's just better at. Devin Booker is still doing a good job distributing the ball. I would argue Devin Booker has played better defense. He has guarded better players. He has put more effort on that end of the floor. He has done a better job one-on-one. -on -one. He's fighting over screens better. Chris Paul has gotten blown by a good amount. You know, you can show me all your advanced stats and all your bullshit. I watch the games and I see the truth. This team revolves around Devin Booker. And when Devin Booker, you know... Last year in the bubble, they were one game away from making the playoffs, and DeAndre Ayton literally missed like 30 games on a 60-game season. He almost, I think he may have missed the majority of the season, and they didn't even have Jay Crowder, and they were one game away from the playoffs. Like, everybody's acting as if Chris Paul came to this team and, like, he completely changed it. He changed it. He had the Chris Paul effect. He's going to make teams better wherever he goes. That's who he is. But you're acting as if, this team was terrible last year, and now Chris Paul came, and they're randomly good. Like, 
This team was one game away from making the playoffs. DeAndre Ayton missed the whole season, basically, it seemed. And Devin Booker last season made the difference. Everyone's talking about, oh, he had empty stats. I was one of those guys. I was one of the people that said Devin Booker was an empty stats guy. And then you know what what changed for me? Last season when the Clippers played the Suns in game three of the season. Clipper fans, comment if you remember that game. We played them and there was a difference in the way Devin Booker just... His body language, his control of the game. We couldn't do anything about him. We couldn't do anything about him in the pick and roll. I had no... Devin Booker never scared me before last season. He never did. But last season, with Monty Williams as coach and James Jones as general manager, who, it's not the Chris Paul effect mainly, it's the James Jones effect. He has come and made this team serious. He is the one that hired Monty Williams. He is the one that traded for Chris Paul. You know, James Jones deserves the lion's share of credit for the success. Monty Williams as well. Devin Booker. It's his team. He has been better. He's averaging 24 points a game. And in his recent stretch, he's been averaging 27 on 52% shooting and 43 from three, I believe. And the ever since he's come back from injury, the Suns have been 10-2. and two. They have been incredible. And man, I love Chris Paul. But D-Book, the way he scores, there aren't many people that can guard that guy on this planet. He's one of the most skilled players in the NBA. Egregious decision. Terrible decision. Chris Paul's great, but he's past his prime. He's not better than Devin Booker. Chris Paul will tell you he's there to help Devin Booker. And here's the thing. Chris Paul is not sacrificed on this team very much. He is still, he's doing similarly to how he did in OKC, I guess. He's the sec, he's sacrificed compared to his Clippers role or his Hornets role. But compared to what he did in OKC, what he did in Houston, he's not sacrificed. Devin Booker has sacrificed because he's able to play off the ball. Chris Paul is not an off the ball player, and that's what makes Devin Booker more versatile. That's what Devin, Devin Booker's assists are down and his points are down because he plays off the ball. Chris Paul does not. That makes Devin Booker more important in my opinion this team if you take Devin Booker off this team they have to rely on either Chris Paul or DeAndre Ayton to be their best scorers and you tell me if you think Chris Paul at 35 years old can be a best scorer on a playoff team when Steph Curry is struggling right now and he's got Draymond Green and Andrew Wiggins two very solid players you take Devin Booker off this team they are not a very good team I thought it was complete disrespect, one of the worst all-star decisions made in a long time, and this is coming from a guy who has a Chris Paul poster in his room, has his shoes, has his jersey, loves this guy more than anything, total bullshit. Zion, congratulations to him, he made it. I would have rather had Devin Booker and Chris Paul over Zion. So, overall, they got to congratulate Zion. Ingram was snubbed, but actually not snubbed, but he didn't make it after making it last year. His teammate replaced him. Pelicans fans, you can tell me more because Zion's a complete lug on defense. He's great offensively. He's not good on defense at all. Ingram actually is. But let's talk about the East. Harden, easy selection. Um, Jason Tatum, okay, I'll take it. Ben Simmons, I saw a lot of people discrediting Ben Simmons, but we've talked about it on this show. It's the defense is the reason why he's there, and they have the best record in the Eastern Conference, so I have no problem with that selection. Vucevic making it over Sabonis. I don't know about that one, guys. I know Vuce is averaging 24 and 11, but he's doing it for a team because Aaron Gordon and Isaac and a couple of good players are injured. Markel Fultz, so he's had to carry that scoring load. Sabonis is in the playoffs. You know, I know he's got Malcolm Brogdon, which is why he's only averaging 21, but I think Sabonis could do the same thing. I personally do. I think it was pretty foul that Sabonis didn't make the team. But who else? Julius Randle and Zach Levine and Jalen Brown, all three of them, 
completely deserve this. Completely. I'm so happy for all three of them. And on the Trey Young thing, guys, they're a dime dropper team. We talk about them all the time. In my opinion, Trey Young probably should have been there because even though, despite the, the bullshit that he does, he has still, you know, led that Hawks team to like almost all their wins. You know, he's the main driving force behind all of it. His team has gotten better from last season. And I think he's honestly having a better season than last. I think the East just got better in terms of, yeah, I think the East just got better in terms of individual talent. I don't know about teams, but. Hey, it's good. Trey doesn't make it because at the end of the day, he has still cost the Hawks a ton of games. He's still struggling to make players better. I saw that they lost tonight. I'm going to watch that game. I'm also going to be watching the Warriors game against the Knicks. I don't think I'll get to the Nets and Kings. Quite frankly, I just don't like watching the Nets when when Kevin Durant doesn't play. That's it for me tonight, guys. That's my opinion on the All-Stars. That's my opinion on the games tonight. Let me know what you think. Go follow me on TikTok, Dime Dropper Pod. We're on TikTok now, uh, Sports Me. Go check out my last Instagram post on the 67 Sixers. I'll be continuing my timeline of posts, and hopefully I'll get something on the 68 season and start studying that pretty soon. Now we go to the live chat and subscribers for the next 10 minutes. Thank you. Peace.